Do you have something to say? Do you believe that everybody should be enabled, encouraged and empowered to tell their story? Speaking is power. As it's said, if you can speak well, you can influence. And if you can influence, you can change lives, your own and others. Welcome to the Let's Stand podcast, speaking up about speaking out. My name is Siobhan Fitzgerald and it's a pleasure to connect with you today. Before we jump into the topic for today's podcast, the human voice, some quotations come to mind. Maya Angelou said, words mean more than what is set down on paper. It takes the human voice to infuse them with deeper meaning. Friedrich Nietzsche cautioned, we often refuse to accept an idea merely because the tone of voice in which it has been expressed is unsympathetic to us. And one of my favourite reminders of all is from Richard Strauss. The human voice is the most beautiful instrument of all, but the most difficult to play. Today from my conversation with Martina Breen, I hope you will gain some ideas and inspiration as to how you can more gloriously play your beautiful instrument. Hello, Martina. How are you? I'm good, Siobhan. Great to be here. And thanks for asking me. Seriously, I really appreciate it. Not at all. I'm so grateful that you accepted. It's such a pleasure to connect with you today, Martina. Can you tell us where you're joining from? I am joining you from... In Athlone. <laughs> I'm in <laughs> I'm in Athlone in the heart of the country. Super Martina and I had the pleasure of meeting you through Toastmasters. I've known you for a few years. Can you tell us and remind me what actually brought you to Toastmasters that time Martina? Yes I joined Toastmasters. I It was one of these things that I wanted to join and will I and won't I and then my eldest son uh, David was getting married and um, his dad he was my ex-partner and had passed away uh, just the year before he was getting married and so it was really important to me that I speak at his wedding whereas that wouldn't have factored at all if his dad was going to be there but I just, it was really, it was, it was important, you know, that I speak, but everyone would have said, oh yeah, sure, Martina, you've the gift to the gab. But it, it, it seems strange now when I look back on it, but I didn't know that you would actually write out a script of what you'd say and that you would practice it and hear yourself. That any time I had spoken before, I would just speak impromptu and then give myself grief or a shame attack saying, what did I say? You know, so I went to Toastmasters to really to be able to stand up and speak at the wedding. And, and a year later I did. Um, well, fantastic. Yeah. 
And I've had the pleasure, Martina, of hearing you deliver many really interesting, insightful speeches in Toastmasters. But what would you say briefly you've learned from Toastmasters, apart from achieving that goal? Is there more you learned from Toastmasters? Oh, I have learned so much. Uh, even one of the things a year later after joining Toastmasters, I joined at Lone Little Theatre and went on the stage and, you know, did some acting and, you know, took part in some plays. And I never would have done that if I hadn't joined Toastmasters because standing up consciously and hearing your own voice and learning, and it does become easier. I've heard over the years that people say, oh yeah, well, you need to be able to speak before you go to Toastmasters, rather than that's why you go to Toastmasters. And, you know, it, it is a big deal to be able to, to stand up and be comfortable with hearing your own voice. So to stand on a stage of any form, that's the practice, that's what you have to get to. So I never would have gone and read a script or had the confidence. And um, so definitely that. The other in Toastmasters, the the you know, the for for people out there that know Toastmasters, there's different uh, sections of the meeting and there's topics and then speech. But it is about learning impromptu speaking. And we were speaking earlier, it is one of the most challenging things that someone can throw something at you and that you can stand up think on your feet and speak without ends, ahs, oohs, and, you know, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and if I was describing Toastmasters to anyone, I would say, I love the fact it is, the, the framework is so formal. There is the gavel, there is the structure, there is, describing the speeches it sounds like when you describe it a rigid framework but in that anything can happen oh i love that and so true martina yeah. martina there's so many topics that i would love to talk to you about and i know i could talk to you about but today we've decided we're going to concentrate on the topic of voice mm -hmm. so the human voice and could you give us a little background into how important using your own voice is, Martina, in your work and your life? Yeah, I, I actually feel passionate about voice. And, and even in me saying that, I, I can't sing. Um, although someone told me if I was hypnotized, I could sing. It's a belief. <laughs> You know, oh, <laughs> we I didn't can know all that. Sing. Yeah, that we can all sing if we believe that we can. And I know when I was young, um, you know, I'm the 10th child of 11. So <clears throat> I didn't, you know, you wouldn't be saying, yes, and what have you got to say, sweetheart? <laughs> you know, it, you had to fight for, well, that was the feeling. I didn't have to fight for my voice to be heard but I felt my voice was not important. That was a belief that I grew up with because you were, your voice was lost in, in that of many. And, 
and I suppose growing up being one of the youngest, I there is something about being the youngest and in the pecking order. So when I go to class, it's whoever has a stronger voice or a stronger presence that they take more uh, front of stage. And I, you know, and my brother who was next to me, you know, oh, you know, that bickering, that sibling thing, oh, shut up, you're like a witch or something. So <laughs> I never believed that I had anything to say that somebody would, that it was worth listening to. But yet I always wanted to teach, to speak in front of groups, to act, to maybe that's my, you know, my personality. And um, I remember the first time I became aware of voice. My voice always sounded very young. I had, you know, the voice came from very much up here in my throat. And it's as I've got older, my voice has dropped. So I, many years ago, I did a, a three-year training in Dancing the Rainbow, and it was working, looking at our development through the chakras, you know, the seven energy centers. And, you know, even as a, a baby and is our development, we develop our personalities up through, through the chakras but we deepen our awareness down the way because we come from spirit down into the physical form. And I always remember I went back after my second year in Dancing the Rainbow and I remember the facilitator, uh, Lani saying to me, she's Martina, I can tell that you've done your work. Your voice has dropped. And that always stuck with me because when when I got that feedback, I could feel it. My voice wasn't speaking from up here, you know, it had mm. dropped, you know, I suppose more down into my heart. And I think as I've got older, I'm I'm aware, you know, I would say anyone even who's listening or you, Siobhan, you know, when we're stressed, it's like we come up here and we're talking here and it's and we don't bring the breath. Whereas when we're relaxed, mm. we speak from, bring the sound from down in our bellies or down lower than our chest. So the more we are embodied, the more we find, you know, we find our natural voice. Fascinating, Martina. That's really yeah. fascinating. And I, I didn't know how much background information you had on this whole topic until I heard you deliver a fabulous speech recently in a speech contest, it really blew me away. And it was a speech about the voice. And I'm just wondering, Martina, could you deliver that speech for our audience today, please? Right. <laughs> um, you can relax into okay. it. Okay. Okay, so, you know, do you know that when I use my voice that I don't use it just for me. I use my voice to communicate with you. I offer it as a gift because your voice is something that you actually give away. Because think about it. If you want to talk to yourself, you don't even have to open your mouth. You just chatter away there inside of your own head. Like if you imagine you have 2,000 thoughts a minute and up to 50,000 sentences a day go on inside that head of yours. And yet, 
Research says that apart from the words that you use, the sounds that come out of your mouth account for nearly 90% of whether others will listen to you or not. And if you think about that, we spend so much time preparing the words of our speech or our presentation if we're going or an interview. So we just need to add emotion to our words. Maya Angelou, she said, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you make them feel. Because people listen to us when we touch their emotions or when we speak to their values. Think about the phrase, music is what feelings sound like. Just think of the music you like. And it's how it gives voice to feelings. Infamous voice coach Roger Love, he advocates that our voice, it's the most important communication tool that we have. And he teaches that it is the pitch and the pace and the tone and the melody and the volume that they are the five key building blocks to our voice. So if you just imagine that you're a chef and you've only five ingredients to cook with, so the way that you mix and you combine these ingredients is going to determine whether your dish is amazing or not. And it's the very same with our voice. We have these five key elements to play with. So it really is important how we use them. In Toastmasters or as a speaker or at home or in a relationship, you want people to believe you, to, to like you, to remember you. So let's say I start this speech again to Siobhan and I say, Hello, Siobhan, I want to speak to you for the next five minutes. And I want you to know that I'm very passionate about this subject I'm speaking about. And I'm hoping that you think I'm fantastic. So I'm speaking to you in a monotone voice with no variation. And all of my words are hitting the same note. If I was a piano, I would be just one note. So, I mean, that might sound funny, but in actual fact, According to Roger Love, more than 80% of us only use one or two notes when we speak. And there are people who live their whole lives on this one note. It's like everything I say is just this one note. It's like I was listening to an interview on the radio one morning and it was the captain of a football team being interviewed after a big win. And like, it was a big deal. They had won the championships, championship after years of trying. Like winning a championship, a huge deal for the club, for the county, for the team. And what I heard was, yes, we're very proud. We worked very hard for this. Every member of the squad gave it their all. We just can't believe it. <laughs> Monotone, no melody. So are we living in a world of monotone? Like we don't need the full 88 keys at the piano, but we need to add enough notes in our voice to make a melody. We need to bring enough emotion into our voice that you want to listen to me. So let me ask you, Siobhan, or those out there listening to us, 
What is the melody of your voice? What kind of music are you speaking? Or is your voice music to the ears? But there's a simple way that we can bring melody to our voice. We can use the stairs. It's like, here I am going up the stairs. And now, here I am coming down the stairs. And here I am standing on the landing. So when I am speaking, I am going up and down the stairs and connecting it to the words coming out of my mouth. I'm bringing melody into my speech and I'm mixing it with pitch and pace and tone and volume. But when I'm going up the stairs, it makes me sound happy. You know, it's like, I really like golf. I am feeling great. I was so looking forward to this interview, Siobhan. However, if I'm coming down the stairs, I am descending. So my voice drops and this makes me sound sad. Like I am feeling great. I was so looking forward to this interview. So whether we are speaking to one person or a hundred, or whether it's to your child or your coworkers or at a meeting or an interview, when we are speaking and we want to motivate or inform or just to be heard, we need to use lots of going up the stairs, which makes us sound alive and less coming down the stairs, which makes us sound miserable. And maybe stay away from standing on the landing too long. So if you never think about your voice until you lose it or you spend all of your time on the words of your presentation without thinking of the sound, I invite you to become aware of what is your melody. Take some time to play on the stairs and then add some ingredients of pitch and pace and tone. And then you will begin to use your voice as a tool to communicate. Because it's not just what we say, it is how we say it. Thank you. Wow, Martina, I just love that speech. I've heard it about three or four times now. Mm. And each time I hear something different, but I really, really love it. So you were talking about the pitch, pace, tone, melody, and volume of your voice, those five ingredients. What a fantastic way to put it. Um, Martina, what was the title of that speech, by the way? What is your melody? What is your melody? Oh my goodness, what a lovely thing to step back and consider. That's yes. a really, really lovely call, call to action for the audience, really. And I loved what you said there about playing on the stairs. <laughs> Yeah, and in actual fact, with preparing that speech and writing it, I have become more aware myself of playing on the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so important when it comes to public speaking that we know this about our voice and we know the power of the voice if we do play around with all of those ingredients because really it's, it's through your voice that you can 
inspire other people, motivate them, make them interested, make them want to listen to you in the first place. Isn't it a huge factor, Martina? It really is. If you think, you know, I know we use our, our body language and our face and our eyes, and there's all of that as part of the communication, but our voice, and I know, you know, I know you do mindfulness um, as well, you know, but there's, if I'm even listening to someone, if I want someone to take me on a journey, be it mindfulness, or I want to, or if it's a podcast and information I want to hear, it doesn't matter how brilliant they are or what information they are imparting. If I, that 90%, the sounds coming out of our voice, I know that is my experience. As much and all as I might love the teachings of someone, if I don't like the sound of their voice, I can't listen to them. Isn't that really, really interesting? And I think we all have, we all have voices we love to hear and we love to listen to. And then other voices that just kind of grate on our nerves, Absolutely. we shy away from listening to. Are there any in particular, are there any particular voices, you, and you don't have to give names, that you find it difficult to listen to, Martina? Definitely, um, and there's a combination in it. I was going to say, you know, the sound of a monotone voice, but in actual fact, you, usually you find someone uh, well, I could correct that. If someone has a monotone voice and they're speaking for themselves to hear themselves and that they're not speaking to me, that, you know, uh, mass on a Sunday as a child comes to mind. Okay, okay. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, like, you know, for example, growing up a Catholic and all the times you'd go to mass and you'd hear the priest you'd be saying mass to himself. It's just narrating this text mm, mm. and then I remember then we got a, a, a new priest in Kusin and it's like every time he said mass it's like he was saying it for the first time and he was speaking to the people and I remember thinking gosh it, it changed my experience of you know of that mass you know and so I, I, I take that as an example, that there is just something that grew up on my life. That's what you did, you know, but that just by the way that somebody speaks or communicates can change how you experience the same event or the yeah. same information. That's such a powerful impact, isn't it? I, I know myself that I choose which priests I go to listen to as well. And some, I have to say, I really get very excited about hearing their homilies and hear yes. about what they bring to the mass. So it can't be underestimated. Absolutely. And they have such a powerful position to be able to do that and to speak, you know. Yeah. And the same, I think of our young people in school and teachers. And I always remember Lou Tice, who was a great, um, uh, I trained with investment in excellence, you know, I was teaching personal development, but he used to always say that a teacher should be paid for what their students know, not for what they know. 
because many of us can have lots of information, but a teacher has to be able to impart the information. Yeah. Yeah. Our voice and holding the attention of our young people is a huge part of teaching. Anyone can pick up a textbook and, you know, put mm. it on the whiteboard or whatever, but to engage people, you, mm. have to, you have to know how to listen and how to speak and how to evoke the feedback and that from, from those who you are teaching. Yeah. And when you say that, you know, I have memories of school where teachers often spoke way too loud, almost in a scary way. So they might have put their attention into or they might have concentrated on raising the volume of their voice. But I remember one teacher in particular, I'll never forget, she never raised the volume of her voice. She had a very engaging voice but she never raised the volume. She was actually the principal at one stage. And I remember at one stage when there was chaos in the room, she just stood and watched and waited, waited for everybody to calm so that she could speak. And when she spoke, she said, I won't raise my voice because I fear it would be wasting my sweetness on the desert air. <laughs> and do you remember that? Exactly, because it had such a huge impact. Um, and she, she was wise enough to know there was no point in trying to match a lot of noise with a louder voice. But yet some people do it. They try and do it. It doesn't work. And, and I would say, Siobhan, that you remembered her, but also she held more of your attention because you weren't afraid of her. Exactly. Oh, that's such an important point. Yeah, exactly. And and because she didn't say a lot, but she, what she said was worth listening to. Yeah. 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 It's to connect, actually, with the words of what we want to speak. Yeah. And then to give them as a gift. Exactly. So, Martina, you've probably answered this, I think. Uh, but just in case you haven't, how did you become interested in this topic, the topic of voice? Um, I'm actually, you know, in choosing it for a speech topic, it has sharpened even my interest. What it has done, it has brought to the fore an interest that has been there all the time that I, I hadn't really brought into my own awareness, you know, but... It has been very much, uh, I believe that my connection, I'm more confident even to be here to speak with you or to speak on Toastmasters. Yes, some of it is the practice and attending Toastmasters that helps develop the skill. But our, you know, our, our voice comes from the throat, the throat chakra. And if you think about our throat and our voice box, is our neck, which is in that bridge between the head and the body. And in our, um, from a psycho-spiritual perspective, they say when the throat chakra, when we open our throat chakra, you know, drop into our own natural voice, it actually is the gateway that it allows us to express more of who we are in the world. And it's also the gateway of where we take in through the senses, 
that we can listen more. So if you actually think of our the, the throat chakra and, and our voice connected to how we listen, you know, it's our communication box. And if we think about that in a, in a two way, it's like discerning when is best to speak and when is best to receive. So uh, from, from an energetic perspective, it's not just this noise that comes out of our mouth. It actually is the tool that we get to express who we are in the world. And I really love the line, you know, that my voice is a gift that I give away to you. That when I hold that or behold that, it's like, right, okay. So I don't need to feel ashamed of my voice because it's a gift I'm giving away. And I also need to be aware of what is this gift? What, you know, what gift am I giving? Martina, the way you've just explained all of that, I have goosebumps because I've never heard it explained like that before, but it makes so much sense. And it adds to how powerful I did think the voice was. Now I think it's even more powerful after you haven't said that. So that's really, really interesting. Martina, I'm just wondering, were you encouraged, were you ever encouraged to use your voice as a child, either at school or at home or in the community? Um. Yeah, you know, when, I, when I hear that first, I say, oh, God, no, <laughs> be quiet, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but in actual fact, you know, when I think back, I went to Athlone Community College, or originally the tech, and it became the community college in my time. Um, and we had a debating team. Um, and I was honest. But I didn't have the confidence. I'd say teachers probably saw more ability in me than I didn't have the confidence to step into that. You know, um, and uh, we had a play, you know, at the end of the year. So there were opportunities, I suppose. But as far as honoring your voice, you know, it was, it was very much, I know in my time, it was a top down. It was a top dog, underdog. And the, the teacher was the top dog. And you listen rather than you speak. You speak when you're spoken to. And you respond to the question that has been asked. And if you came out with your own wisdom, you were a smarty pants. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I do think that things have changed. I went to, just briefly, I went to um, India uh, in 2002 for a year to to work on um, a project that was called the KPM approach to education and it was to be in a school where the children had no textbooks that they found they wrote their own textbooks as they moved through school so each month uh, well it was each week there was each week there was a topic but each month there was a theme so if it was money I remember one month so the whole playground and everything there was posters and drawings and chalk on everything to do with currency and finance and so they went around 
researching that topic and wrote there and the word no was not allowed. There was no discipline and no, no. And if you saw those women drive through the school and with the children who were graduating at 17 years of age, they were these humble, intelligent, confident adults presenting themselves at sixth year. So I, that, would, that changed my mindset as in, and I think the change is coming a lot more here now in the Western world, but to, to evoke, you know, that the, the children, they have the wisdom and they need to know they have, and the teachers need to be just guides and the textbooks need to be something to use as a, and, and I was going to say a crutch, but as a, as a development tool for the next step. Martina, that's like a topic for a whole other episode. That's amazing. I never knew you'd had that experience, but yeah. how interesting. And you've hit on something really important there because there is so much talk in talk <laughs> in education circles about student voice. And usually it's to do with the metaphorical voice and that representation, that their thoughts, their ideas, who they are can be represented in curricula and all the rest. But a huge part of that metaphorical voice as well is the physical voice. So I think it's really interesting discussion here today, bringing the two, the two of those together and seeing even where they overlap and they, they merge and they integrate. So that's really fascinating, the power of, of just what you explained there of the individuals that those children grew into. That's it amazing. Yeah. Martina, um, two more questions, if that's okay. What would you like the takeaway to be for, for the audience from the speech that you delivered earlier on? What would you like the takeaway to be from that? It would be, it really is own your voice. I know that has been definitely a, a journey for me and it's it's very it's a very recent I think gift for me for myself to say you know this is me this is who I am on on many levels but this is how I communicate to the world because I spent so many years saying oh god oh no I don't want to listen to myself or you know oh, don't play that back I don't want to hear me so it's actually moving through that and and saying yes this is you know for each person how you communicate it's important the words you speak are important how you speak them are important and to just know that and i think for young people and for everybody to know how unique their own voice is in so many ways and for anybody who ever listens to the radio or podcasts they'll know that that to be true because we recognize individual voices with we no do. other cues yeah or you know if you think about if anyone listening and you think about somebody you love or somebody that's close to your heart 
and you hear them on the phone or you hear them coming in the door or, you know, you love the sound of their voice. Or maybe it's somebody who's gone, who has already passed and you miss the sound of their voice. You know, because, and, and there is an energy, like we are transmitting sound waves every time that we use our voice. So there is an energy, like even now, my voice is coming out and landing on you and your voice coming and landing on me. And, and we either like that or we don't. Yeah. And it kind of, they feed on each other, don't they? So if your voice is enthusiastic and going up the stairs, that's probably going to bring, drag me up with you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, you know, the contagious of laughter. And if someone starts laughing, you yeah, can't, you can't you can't help yourself. You laugh with yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, that's gas, Martina. Martina, final question. Now I'll put all contact details about yourself, if that's okay, in the description for the podcast. If anybody wants to find out more, because I know there's lots of different things that that you certainly um, could be well known for. If you want to mention any of them before we go, that's fine too. But just one last question for me is. Would you have any advice for young people about finding their voice, using their voice and speaking out? Um, well, I'd love to turn this question around on you because you're the amazing person and the advocate for young people and them finding their voice. For young people, I, yeah, I think it is, it is a challenge for young people of today like your developmental task as an adolescent is to find your uniqueness and it's to find your tribe, which means to be the same. So those two things are in conflict with each other straight away. How can you be unique and different and belong and be the same? You know, so it's to know that your voice is unique to you. It is an energetic sound system that comes out of your body and goes out there into the ethers and if you feel shy or you know this oh no I could never do that it is it's like it's like meditation you know so well I can't meditate meditate it's like the more I practice the better I get so do anything to just practice your voice sing in the shower uh, do little mini recordings and um, join a debating team, join Toastmasters, you know, if you're over 18 or the, what is the name of the, the isn't there the youth one, Sean? Leadership program through Toastmasters is another good one, Martina. Yeah, yeah. yeah the youth leadership program. That there are avenues there that if you feel shy or, you know, because not liking the sound of your voice or feeling not confident in speaking, it can be crippling. And I know that, you know, and it doesn't have to be like that, that there are so many ways out there. And the more you practice, the better you get. And it's been an absolute pleasure. I could listen to your voice all day. <laughs> And same as that, mutual <laughs> admiration. <laughs> no, but thank you so much. And all of the information I will put in the description. Martina, have a lovely day. 
so many wonderful takeaways from this conversation with Martina that I'm so grateful for. What stands out to me? Children have the wisdom and they need to know that they have. What a wonderful insight. Also the advice to own your voice and a quote taken directly from what Martina shared with us. The words you speak are important and how you speak them is important. Thank you, Martina. When you own your voice, you own your power. The Let's Stand programme trains young people from ages 5 to 18 in the skills of public speaking. If you'd like to find out more, check out www.letstand.ie or email letstandspeakout at gmail.com. Until next time, think about what is your story? Thank you for listening. Let's stand speaking up about speaking out. If you say what you want to say, and